good. <laughs> Welcome to the Underground Podcast. We don't know what we're doing. See, no one else heard that though. Before it was happened right before you push record. I know. I just wanted to inform people the way oh. we feel. Yes. That's why people tune in. Tune in. I keep saying that. As if it's a radio station. Can people tune into a podcast? If we did it live, they could. Mm. But it's May, and this is going to go out in July. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Hey, we're uh, amazing. Amazing. You did that on purpose. Amaze. You're such a dad. Ing. I actually did not do that on purpose, but the fact that you heard that shows that you have dad jokes. I got me. all the dad jokes. Hey, we're here with a very special, I don't, we can't even say guest. I mean, this is Matt Barnes. Should we should we call him a regular contributor, even <laughs> though this is the first time he's been on? I was going to say, I don't think I'm a regular contributor. You are now. Well, you are to our lives. Oh, that was See? the sweetest oh. thing you have ever said. Matt, Bar- <laughs> Matt Barnes is a, is a KC Underground OG uh, founding um, boss man. What does OG mean? Old guard? Original gangster. Or original gangster. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's him. Oh. Have you ever heard him do Gangster's Paradise? No. Oh my gosh. Oh man. It's really one of the most amazing things you can experience at a um I don't I don't do karaoke because I don't know what to do with my hands. Uh, <laughs> but when you watch Matt do uh Gangster's Paradise at a karaoke bar, it really it's it's life changing, Corey. Well, can, mm-hmm. can we experience a little bit of it right now? I mean, that's up to Matt. I'm, I've never, <laughs> I've never seen this man have any shame in his game. So he might give you a little piece of it at the end. Sweet. Well, the caveat is that I try to do it as the whitest version of myself. <laughs> yeah. So, like, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look. <laughs> I realize there's nothing left. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> it was like. One of the greatest experiences in a karaoke moment, but it was also one of the most cringeworthy, you know? <laughs> like, the whole place was just staring at him. But I also felt like they were staring at us. Like, those are his friends. This is your fault. These are people that, they didn't talk him out of this. I think they talked him into this. <laughs> uh, amazing. Well, that's that's an amazing start to this, this podcast. Okay, so I will say this. This is one of those stories that can you not um, tear the wall up please this is, no this is, nail is sticking out i know it's right where it should oh be my gosh. don't tear the wall this up. is unbelievable <laughs> you see what i deal with bars all right so uh matt barnes is like we said i mean matt like like launched kc underground like alongside a few other peeps and so barnes's story has been around uh many times we like to tell matt's story and then we realized the other day we've never told matt's story on said podcast well we never we never let Matt tell his story on said podcast. Well, I say, we did tell his story. I say story. we because uh, pronouns matter, yeah, and Matt do. is one of us. That's true. See what I did there? Yep, I do. I don't know if, if you guys rem- remember this, but uh, Brian likes to call people out on the us- usage of pronouns, and so it just felt really good to throw that back in your face. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that. <laughs> throw that back in your face. Uh, it didn't peak so bad that time. That okay. was better. All right, so um, Matt Barnes, here's what we're going to do today. Because right before we got on, uh, we said, Matt, you got any questions? He says, I don't really know what we're doing. And then and then Brian pushed record. So here's what we're going to do. We just want to hear a little bit about you. Like, who are you? How did you get to this point in your life? 
that you're mm-hmm. like, hey, this whole like underground way of thinking and doing, it's like, you know, I want to pour my life into it. So that's like, you know, you're going to get to that. But before that, just give us a couple minutes. Who are you? Why we, are you here? We call this a spotlight episode. Oh, yeah. Spotlight. Oh. Barnes. Exciting. Who am I? That's a deep question. Uh, well, go shallow. <laughs> hit the mountain uh, peaks. Don't hit all the valleys. Yeah, I am. Uh, uh, I am a husband. Been married. At the end of the month, I'll have been married for eighteen years. Woo! Wow. Oof! I do the math quick there because I, you know, Sarah's going to listen to this. Eighteen years. Um, I have two kids. They are uh, 15 and 13. Uh, they will, well, they're almost a junior and a an eighth grader. Wow. So that makes me feel old. Uh, I'll also be 41 at the end of the month. Ooh. So there's that. I think 41 is the least exciting birthday. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we. I met my wife at Christian College, mm. uh, so we've kind of been in the church game for a while. Uh, Sarah has worked at various churches, um, and yeah, so now we find ourselves in the underground, mm. and I can roll right into that if you want me to. I like how we asked who you are. I said, hit the mountain peaks. And he's like, I'll just hit this, these two here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So, I mean, what you're, you're like a, um, you're an every, you're, you're not professional Christian, right? Uh, that's true. Cool. I have a, uh, I have a day job. Sweet. You run social security of America. <laughs> well, I, a very small, portion of it yes <laughs> amazing okay cool so yeah so let's now like jump from those very high uh, mountain peaks and jump over to kind of how did you start i mean even so we're, we're you know the months and years before casey underground was ever launched like how did the barnes family uh get to that point kind of walk us through kind of that timeline yeah so back in i don't know the 2013 14 range we were uh hosting a wednesday evening youth thing at our house and this is through the church that we went to as part of sort of youth group ish but we realized that the kids um who were coming uh they had homework to do they had they were coming straight from practice they hadn't eaten um this sort of stuff so we without knowing what a micro church was or anything really we just did what made sense and in looking back it was our first foray into micro church completely by accident so the kids would come over we had i don't know at times 25 or more They'd come over, we'd make a very simple meal. Turns out high school kids will pretty much eat whatever you give them. And uh, they just left practice. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, they're hungry. Uh, So we'd eat, we'd do homework around the uh, table and around the island and all that. And then we would, again, I didn't know what a discovery Bible study was either. 
Uh, but that's kind of what we did. We'd read the Bible together, talk about it. And, um, and then the boys would, the boys and girls would split up uh, at the end and we'd talk more in depth about various things. And when we, uh, you know, that kind of season kind of ended um, and we started going through a simple, what we called simple church back in the day, mm. uh, learning community with Rob and Brian, uh, the light bulb went off like, Hey, we've already sort of done this, uh, with the high school kids. So it wasn't a huge leap from what we'd already experienced. Uh, so when, uh, we were already doing, uh, well, we were in the early stages of kind of uh, our own microchurch coming about when the underground was uh, being birthed. Mm. So I feel like we had a little bit of a head start on. Totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe between the two of you guys, even uh, like some of that origin story, I don't know how much has been told on the podcast, but even like the, what you guys were doing at West side and the simple church stuff, like, um, yeah, I was yeah. say I feel like you left some things out just in the sense of uh, your experience through DM and really, yeah, uh, embracing disciple making, and then um, that night at Nubs where <laughs> you had this weird yeah. moment where Rob's like, "Hey, do you want to be a church planner?" And then you <laughs> nearly lost your mind. <laughs> yeah, totally did. So if you back up to uh, 2013, I was uh, invited into what is now called followers made um, back then. I think it was just called disciples made. And I really, it's the first time I'd ever heard of church planting for one uh, and two. And it's funny because I grew up in the church. I went to Bible college, never heard about church planting, which is kind of strange, but, um, or maybe it's not, who knows. But uh, through that year, um, I learned more about, intentional disciple making not just accidental and really got into it i started i didn't tell anybody i was into church planning but i didn't tell literally anyone including my wife and i made this kind of uh secret deal with god that was like i felt like he was leading me towards it and i said well you're gonna have to bring someone to me basically out of nowhere and ask me to do it uh, because then I'll know it's real. So fast forward to 20, I don't know what year that was, 17 into 2017, something like that. Yeah, probably. Um, I'd met Rob at a uh, disciples made like day conference. And we were talking about super nerdy things like the multiverse and you know, science podcasts that I didn't think anybody else actually listened to. That's so good. that's because they don't. It's just the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to be. Uh, so we got together a couple weeks later at Nubs Pub, and we were supposed to just be talking about this science nerd stuff. And out of nowhere, he said, um, "You ever thought about planting a church?" Mm. And I really wish he had like a GoPro on his head or something because. I'm sure my face was like priceless. Uh, so I didn't sleep for two days uh, after talking about that. And 
what I thought that was going to be was the normal church planning, you know, get a core group and get a building and whatever. But uh, there's way better plans. So, uh, yeah, as we then we went into Simple Church, we kind of created this. We Rob and Brian, I didn't create anything. Um, Pronouns matter. Yeah, yeah. They they <laughs> created uh, this learning community where we started learning uh, basically missionary pathway stuff. And uh, through that, we started learning and leaning more into micro. Amazing. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that experience. Cause I'm, I think you're in the second iteration of that. Not the first, cause the first one was pretty much a bust. Um, <laughs> we, I, we got six months in and I looked at Rob and I was like, I, I don't even think people have a definition of a micro church and what, what it is they're aiming for. So we should probably, should probably retool this a little bit, <laughs> know where we're headed. Um, so you guys were in that second journey and just, it was a year long experience all about what are the rhythms of an extended spiritual family? How do we see something emerge outside of the four walls? And I, I don't know, I probably had like maybe 10 years of exploring that at this point um, in different little ways. It was never like, hey, we're going to drive after this. It was kind of like you where it was like, oh, uh, 2013, we're like I if I could go back now, I'd be like, yeah, that's a micro church. What you were doing in your town with these people, disciple making, the rhythms of your life. We just didn't have language for it. There were probably, I don't know, maybe 30 to 40 of us that did that year long experience called the Simple Church Learning Community. We're just throwing different language at whatever. Um, it was deconstructing our view of church and then stepping into the incarnational rhythms like bless how do we live like a missionary in our context and then we spent four or five months in disciple making tools and then we spent a few months in multiplication so i think in that process somewhere along the way you guys were kind of asking the questions or making the decision like hey i, I think i think it, the people in our life are not going to end up at the weekend experience and i think it's time for us to I hate to use this language, but it's the only thing that's coming, quote unquote, walk away from engaging mm -hmm. in those rhythms at that level. But you also had this other thing where it's like, you weren't so much walking away, your your kids were traveling a lot, and so it wasn't like you were there every weekend either. You're realizing like, oh, we are fully embedded into the lives of these people 72 hours every weekend in another town like we have a lot of time to spend with them so i don't know flesh that kind of stuff yeah all of that talk about that yeah yeah all that uh yeah so my kids both play competitive sports and as such we're you know gone a lot on the weekends playing those things and you know i always kind of had some low level guilt about it, missing church. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and this uh, simple church stuff was like completely eye opening that uh, church can happen literally anywhere. And so we started realizing like this, this is tailor made for us. We're with the same group of people uh you know baseball and volleyball a lot and 
we have tons of time with them. We know them very well. Um, we can very easily transition this into um, moving towards a, a microchurch. And so we just started implementing the blessed things. And a lot of that, again, was built in. You don't have to throw a party when you're already, you know, you're in another city and you're eating every meal with everyone and, and hanging out by the, the hotel pool and whatever. It's all already happening. So uh, what we saw through all that, it was one, it was freeing to us kind of release the guilt like, no, this is actually where God wants us. Uh, if we were not here, none of these people went to church. They were not uh, interested in that at all. Um, we tried, we'd, we'd invited them to church and maybe they'd come once or twice and they're like, yeah, I'm good. Um, and so... But what we realized was as we got into the simple church stuff and started inviting them, having more spiritual conversations, getting deeper into that, it's not that they weren't interested in God or spiritual things. They were very open to that. Uh, they just didn't see the point in going to hear somebody talk for half an hour and, and uh, that they didn't know uh, and sing some songs they didn't know. So, uh, as we started going, uh, we were like, well, we should probably meet like more often and actually read the Bible together and pray for each other. And it's, I, I knew something weird was happening and by weird, I mean, good. Weird little uh, <clears throat> when before a game on a Sunday morning, we were camera where we were somewhere out of town i think we were in iowa and you know usually before it's a it was an early game barely awake and i look out into the outfield and all the boys and our head coach are out there kneeled in a circle and they're praying before the game that had never happened hmm. i didn't say hey we should pray before the game uh, it just happened. And that's when I knew, like, I think we're, I think we're onto something here. Wow. Mm. Sorry. I, I was laughing because you said I knew something weird was happening <laughs> yesterday. I was on a call with this couple, whatever. And they were, uh, he was, he was explaining their micro church network. And he's like, we got all these weird little churches. And I was like, bro, you should totally name your network. Weird little churches. <laughs> and the, the, the domain is available. So I'm, I'm still contemplating Shocker on that one. whether or not we should change Casey underground to weird little churches. Yeah. I feel like it has some traction behind it. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's coming up very naturally. Obviously. I know this is like yeah. a prophetic moment, right? <laughs> Yeah. What, where do you belong to weird little churches oh i totally want in on that <laughs> yeah yeah so okay so somehow backing up out of that thank you brian that's good stuff you're welcome uh, so i mean it looks like i mean your story is really in, in many ways the, the, the poster child for a lot of the things that we talk about because you're you're realizing okay one you're involved in a network uh you spend a ton of time with them and you would actually be able to, um, your life becomes more uh, merged 
you know, like it's actually like, hey, uh, we're living this. Let's just plant the gospel within this network that already exists instead of trying to take them out of it and do whole new rhythms, which is just inconsistent with any of our lives. And let's just infuse it. So um, so that that is huge. But also just the reality of um, like I've talked about this a lot in America. <laughs> because that's what we are. Uh, and, and the difference maybe in sometimes like global expressions of movement where like, it's not like a really famous like <laughs> speaker that I, I travel I, the I world. I talk about this all over yeah. America. Yeah. All over America. <laughs> no, but in an American setting where it's like, uh, there's such a hunger for community and it's like you, you had this family that you guys were already creating, right? It was already this, this like tight knit group of people and you kind of started with like, hey, we're we're going to start doing family church rhythms <laughs> in a sense and disciple making kind of at the same time. It's like sometimes we start, you know, discover Bible studies, they turn into uh, micro churches. But a lot of times in settings like what you're talking about, you're actually kind of helping create this network first to plant the gospel in. Is that kind of consistent with what you guys feel like you've done? Yeah. And I think it was it was kind of already there. Like we'd already been on this team helped coach for a couple of years before this. So, um, it was kind of already there Mm -hmm. and which was nice. Um, and then we could be even more intentional about it and, and, and it worked. And I, you know, it, it, I never would have considered myself a person who thought, church only happens in a building on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights or Wednesday nights or whatever. Um, but in hindsight, I was definitely, uh, more on that side of the continuum than I thought I was. Mm -hmm. And this is what kind of opened my eyes to, uh, do we even do we meaning, my family, do we need the building to do what Jesus is calling us to do? And what we found is no, um, that God did not, even though, you know, my wife has a degree in, in working in a church, basically, um, like that's not actually where he called us to be. So, um, yeah, it was, strangely enough, it was the thing that made our faith a more holistic thing where it was, it was at practice. It was, you know, the weekends when we were playing, it was every time in between. Cause I mean, we, we spent a lot of time, uh, with these folks. All right. So, Corey called you the poster child, and I, I, like I'd want to highlight that as well. I think that, just like you said, that sometimes, actually, for a lot of people, for those listening, this is you know one of the spotlight episodes. We hope that this resonates because it's just a normal person that's owned disciple I mean, making in a network. Be- beautiful, extraordinary, normal. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. O- OG. That's why I usually call, I just when I describe Matt, I say, man, that is a beautiful, normal person. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing I was going for was. Oftentimes you need to lean into creating a family and just owning the creation of the family rhythms and let Jesus begin to inform that when it is natural. And he will do that if he's informing your life. 
Um, so like, I want to celebrate you. You're amazing and Yay. beautiful as Corey said, but like the other thing I want to hit real quick is it hasn't all been sunshine and roses. No. Um, so for, again, those listening that are saying like, wow, it sounds like, you know, you guys are celebrating this guy since like they had a pretty easy road with this, like talk about the other side. Well, there's been, I mean, you okay. know, in, in ways that are honoring to the story and right. We need names, dates, specifics. Names. Yeah. Yeah. So really there's two, two things on that. The first is kind of when we were, uh, when we left the building and, and we're going all in on this, uh, you know, a lot of our friends were, uh, we met at church. They were great friends, our great friends, many of them. Um, but they're like, what are you doing? Like you're, you don't come to church anymore. Like no. <laughs> <Heathen>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and in fact, one, um, one even said, uh, something to the effect of, I wouldn't let my kids, uh, hang out with them or with those people and like they were talking about Corey. Yeah. yeah and, Corey's and, Corey and his kids. Yeah. Uh, but that, that really stung, huh. you know, uh, we were, we were close and like, have you read the new Testament or the gospel? The Pharisees said that a lot. Yeah. They did. And it's like, do you remember who Jesus hung out with? Hmm. It was those people. And it's like those people are as worthy of the gospel as anybody sitting in, in a pew every Sunday. And it, it made me sad and mad that uh, people were essentially looking down on them and that they were, you know, some sort of uh, something to be avoided rather than someone to be uh, loved and sought after. So that really uh, kind of concreted it in our minds that this is the way that we are supposed to go. Uh, One, uh, these new friends uh, have no interest in going to church and now i kind of know why um (laughs) secondly uh it doesn't seem like those who are in the church uh have a whole lot of uh umph to go Mm. seek these people out Mm. we'll be those people um yeah so that's kind of the the hard part from the beginning of this uh well, if I just insert, like, I mean, there's, I, I, I hear that, like, as a, as a parent, like the number one thing is like, man, I just, I want my kids to follow Jesus. Like, I want my kids to follow Jesus. And every once in a while, you know, the, there's like that, that the enemy, the temptation in my ear to be like, you, everything you're doing, you're going to screw them up. You know, it's like, just take them to, take them to church. <laughs> and, uh, and there is a, there is a huge level of obedience and trust in Jesus. And, and you, most of the time, 90% of the time there's, there's clarity. I'm like, man, like 
I want my kids to see and know that that our lives are totally uh, under the lordship of Jesus. And like all of our friends at school and the friends that we gather with to, you know, do church together. And it's like it's all the same people like there's not this separation we get to live on missions but every once in a while you know you're just like oh man i just i hope just hope i'm not screwing my kids up and so i mean there is there is a there's a level of obedience that's pretty significant so i'm, I'm hearing what you're saying it's like okay we're we're not quote-unquote going to the church anymore um and just like hoping and praying that like our kids catch what is what we think is a more robust form of actually joining Jesus. Um, and we've experienced it. We've lived it. Like we have testimony in our own hearts. So I just saying like, well done in that. Cause that is, that does take a, a, a lot of courage actually to step into. Yeah. And I'll say this is we, you know, as Brian always says, words matter. Uh, uh, we don't go to church anymore. Can't go uh, to something that you are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we are the church. And I, there are times where I'm like, man, we need to find them a youth group or whatever. Um, but, you know, this is kind of a side, but my daughter is 15, almost 16. That scares I me. I'm to- 15. Go- oh, it doesn't work. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Go ahead. Better you than me. Um, she, she gets it. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. She lives as a missionary, and uh, her, along with some others, have, uh, you know, a baby, I'd call it a baby microchurch going at the high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe that would have happened mm. with us, you know, still going to church. Wow. And it's is, you know, I hear about their, their DBS sessions and whatever, and uh, some of the kids in it who go to a traditional church, uh, still kind of have this separation of yeah. the church time. And this is all the other time. And, you know, Camden, that's my daughter. She gets it that it's, this is all church time, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that it's so important to highlight on this too. It's like, this is something we don't celebrate enough where it's like, well, that's second generation into the third, like you gave it to your daughter, your daughter's giving it away. That's actually a third generation there. If you want to like count the first generation as actually one. Anyway, the point is like, there's actually more quote unquote movement going on. I know we have that conversation dating back to the very first podcast where we're like, are we a movement? You know, it's like, actually, when you consider that there's a micro church in a high school, I don't think you have to label it a baby one either. We just call it what it is. Like, let's celebrate it no matter how big it is. Like, this is, again, I'm not not trying to do too much here. You can rebuke me in a minute, but it's like, (laughs) you know, there is a, we were experiencing something and I know it's not among quote unquote people that don't know Jesus, but there's a sense of giving it away to the barns, the barns giving it away to your daughter, your daughter giving it away yeah. to others. Like there is yeah. multiple generations where a new story is being written. That's so you real. know, yeah. And yeah, sorry, <laughs> yeah, you just breathe out, <laughs> but it was all over me. <laughs> I was like, we're in a room. Where's this breeze coming from? <laughs> all right, so. Real quick, because I have another, I have two more things. Well, only one more thing to hit, but to go back to the question of like the hard things, like 
jump forward like two years from we invited these people. And again, you don't have to give the specific story, but I know there have been moments along the way where you're like, this just got hard. Yeah. So, uh, people are people, right? We all, uh, have failures. And when you are on such a, uh, personal level, like these are families, right? We're, we create these extended spiritual families. And so when you are that close to people, uh, hard things come up, mm. uh, family members. We had, um, a couple in our micro church, her sister and her sister's husband, uh, died of COVID on the same day. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, literally within minutes of each other. It's, yeah. it's cr- um, that was hard. We walked through it with them. Um, there's been marital things that come up, uh, really hard stuff and you can't, um, it's unavoidable. It's going to come up because we are broken people. Uh, so, uh, and, and then through that, there are people who come and go, uh, in your, in our micro. And I think in probably everyone's and it's hard to, uh, let a family member go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so, uh, I think, you know, right now I'll tell you the, the hard of right now is we changed teams and we are kind of re, vamping our current uh who's in our who is in i'm air quoting you can't see me uh who's in our and basically we're refocusing on our where we live and in in doing that we are seeing some transition and that I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast is is aware of the missionary pathway, but you're never just doing one part of it, mm-hmm. right? Just on step four or whatever. Yeah. You're kind of always doing all of it. And so we are doing all of it right now. Yeah. And sometimes that's um, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's the nature of number five of the missionary pathway is multiplication on every level. It's mm-hmm. then you're you're helping multiply all those other things, right. yeah. Um, yeah. including raising up leaders, starting new things, new groups, new networks, and yeah, we life transitions happen. We find ourselves hanging a lot more over here than once we were over here, and um, yeah, I mean it's like and and that's what's fun about raising up leaders and trying to multiply, but also just in a you know our everyday spaces like what's who are my people now? You know, and, and, yeah. uh, and we're not just catalyzing things away from it. It's like we're in, in, incarn, incarnating the gospel and we're also acting. So it's, yeah, man, it, there's a complication to it that's, uh, uh, that is, yeah, it's hard. It's, we tell a lot of like really cool stories. There's a lot, there's the hard stuff, there's the enduring, and we always try to bring that up because it's like this, this is, this is, it costs you something mm-hmm. to step into. But, sorry, Brian keeps leaning into the microphone. He wants to say Because I want him to do one more thing before we Matt, finish. Matt, I would like for you to do one more thing before we finish. One more thing. 
So, Matt, you've been a part of the underground since your your OG, uh, as I've learned, original gangster. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you're a part of the from Simple Church, just a learning community that's a part of this big ecosystem inside this mega church, and we're seeing some micro churches pop up, and then we get to this place where it's like the underground should exist as like this mission agency in the city. So we launch out and form this new stop breathing on me like that (laughs) i'm trying to not breathe into the microphone i'm a little stuffed up you're a part of that sort of formational team to help launch new people um and now you and sarah are a part of this elder task force so like we've reached a point where it's like okay we had elders in the sense of these are people that we would recognize and go these are the people at the city gates you know but now we need to really have some specific training raise up governing elders that would be over what we call collectives and really uh, move to another level of uh, what's the right word just pastoral leadership mostly Mm -hmm. Um, so like two minutes or less, like what, what's been, I don't know, a highlight for that. Like what's been the joy in that? Yeah. What, what are you doing? What, 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 what are we doing for no matter? Um, so the fun part slash hard part has been, uh, what, what is an elder in the underground and that question is also what was an elder in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a person who wears a suit to church and votes on the budget, right? That's not what it is. So that was easy. Um, <laughs> but trying to kind of define what that looks like in our context uh, was was fun to kind of go back and read uh, a lot. And so what we are doing is launching here in a couple months, a, uh, an elder, uh, we haven't named it yet. Uh, we need a cool name, but elders made, I thought that was the name of it. Well, that's, that's what I've been calling it. I, I don't have the trademark from Brian Phipps on, uh, elders made or a cool logo, but I'll bet we could come up with one. Absolutely. Um, Essentially, it will be a six-ish month uh, journey where we will uh, identify, basically, like you said, those folks who are already doing elder things. Elding? <laughs> they are already elding. Um, and we will go through some various books, and it will be mostly uh, discussion-based, uh, a lot like the other dm experiences and dive more into what an elder uh in the underground needs to know needs to know how to do uh and that sort of thing so we're going to kick off in august and i this has been an incredibly long process uh covid really kind of screwed things up but i think that god's timing is perfect and had we created something a year and a half ago, two years ago, it would not actually be what we need mm. at this time. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, the Enneagram 3 in me has been dying <laughs> uh, to check these boxes. But uh, here we are, and 
uh, it's a long story. God was faithful, and we have what I think is a pretty good beta uh, experience for people to go through, and we'll change it as we need to. Yeah, yeah. That's wow. good. I just think it's important to highlight that for the sake of, again, those listening in the underground here in Kansas City to know, like, this is a part of what we do and what we believe. And then for those outside of, like, our immediate network, they're like, are you, are you just, like, starting these DBSs all over the place? Is there church formation? Like, it's like there is a continuum and a process of maturation within a network where you reach a point where it's like, this is what Paul did, right? Like, catalyze new things, come back through point elders like there's a process and like yeah. we just want to be faithful to that and say we we want to see like the holistic expression of the church that we see in the new testament come about that's good yeah that's uh, you're referencing acts 14 right it's that story like at the they, end of 13 yeah they would go it's very, well and then they appoint <laughs> they appoint elders at the, at the, in 14 i believe right well anyway we should have the bible in front of us what were you guys bible bull nerds back in the day <laughs> Back in the day, I did Bible. Uh, what was it? It wasn't a Bible bowl, but it was. Oh, oh man, my mom. I went to state every year. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! So suddenly I'm intimidated. Um, but the whole idea, yeah, it's like as the gospel expands, like Paul moves on, we plant the gospel, we find and raise up leaders. Then they usually leave within days or months, and then he circled back and months later and appointed elders. And and so I was actually sitting with a leader in the city. Uh, yesterday, and we were just talking about the when we talk about church planting. You know that word, that phrase has been you've thrown out also today. It's like I always say, I don't see church planting in the Bible, and the, these are like church planters, and they're like, what? And I'm like, I mean, I see the gospel planted. I see new disciples made in places, and we see the church in the city arise. Um, but I don't see churches being planted, and then they come back and appoint elders, which is really um, identifying who has already kind of taken those the, the, those the mom and papa roles type of things. And so what where we're at. When in the underground is as we see a handful of micro churches in a specific network or geographic area, we're like, okay, that's we call them collectives, like Brian said, it's a, a network of 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 micro churches, and then we're you know the next stage is like, well, what do it look like to appoint elders over that have a little more personal uh, governance? That's a horrible word, to, but it's no, I mean, it's, it's right. Term, I mean, yeah, yeah. In, in terms of like, yeah, just shepherding, loving, guiding. Um, and so that's, we're just really trying to be like, Hey, what we read in the Bible, let's actually do that. Like yeah. we, yeah. we so often jump to step 50 and that's how we get just elders in suits who uh, vote on things or the budget, like you're talking about. Well, what if we started with step zero and then step one, we should start with step one and just pray a lot you know, it, it make disciples from the ground up, see churches emerge from the ground up, raise leaders from the ground up and multiply all that. Like, what if we actually tried that? We're going all in. We have a podcast all about it. You guys can listen to it, too. It so. is. It is Acts 14. I told you. <laughs> I love it. Right. That's no, a Bible. You said, you said 15. Lies. I said 14. And uh, if only those were recording that we could, you know, I'm going to go back go and back. edit it. So it sounds like it's, <laughs> it's Acts. And so it's another voice saying 15. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Um, what would you say over the underground before we go? What mm. What would be the word that you would offer for encouragement? Step mm. into your prophetic voice or rebuke, but yeah. we'd like encouragement more. But whatever, <laughs> well, I just want you to eld us right now. <laughs> Here comes some elding. Um, endurance Dude. is. The main thing that comes to mind. That word was literally on my brain just now. Like that was really? that was totally on the I mean, I'm literally thinking endure, endure. And you yeah. said, sorry, keep going. This me, is your time. Me, me too. Uh, yeah, it's 
it's not a a sprint. Uh, it's a it's a lifestyle, and it's it's every day. And uh, in order for it to be that, you have to uh, endure, but you also have to rest. And mm-hmm. we're not all of us are very good at that. So, um, you know, Brian's the Iron Man here. He knows if if you're going to do something that takes that much effort and energy, you can't uh, burn it all up in the first uh, 100 meters. Mm-hmm. So that's good. I I that's how I view this now is uh, it's it's all day, every day. And it's not a sprint. And uh, so those of you who are listening, uh, who are worried that things aren't taking off fast enough, or you're not moving on to the next step fast enough, or doing whatever fast enough, um, because that's how I felt with the elder stuff, that it wasn't coming together fast enough. And God is the one who uh, created time. Uh, and it's in charge of time and his timing is perfect. So, uh, wait on God. When you see him move, go with him and, uh, you can't go wrong doing that. Amen. That's so good. All right. Give us a little, give us a little, uh, outro music. Hit uh, oh. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's not much left. <laughs> That's the perfect time to end right there. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City, and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.